What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. As always, before we get started, a very quick reminder to rate and review and subscribe to the show. That is a big help to us if you can do it. Meanwhile, the year 2019 is almost upon us. I think we're probably going to get to some predictions soon at the Roto World Roundtable hosted by our colleague Jonas Nader. But in the meantime, Ryan Knaus and I are going to hit some predictions right here. This is looking ahead to the year 2019. Ryan, I'm going to hit you with a prediction. You will have three choices. You tell me whether this is outlandish, feasible, or downright likely. Are you ready? Yeah, I was hoping my options would be good, bad, or ugly, but we can work with this. <laughs> it's Yeah, just transpose the options <laughs> okay. I gave you on, onto right. those. All right, prediction number one. DeAndre Ayton will have a long run in or around the top 25 during the second mm. half of this season. Uh, I think top 25... I'll I'll say feasible. That that will be my my take. But I I think it's too ambitious. Um, he's a double double machine, of course. Good percentages, especially the free throw percentages from a center. You love that. Uh, but he doesn't really have the supporting stats that you need. You know, when you see those those top thirty, top twenty guys, they always have a little extra kick with whether it's elite three pointers, uh, elite defensive stats, whatever it might be. But he's only averaging point nine blocks, point six steals per game. That's not going to get it done. And I guess on top of that, even more concerning would be Phoenix playing it safe after the All-Star break. They're in a, a three-way tie with the Bulls and Hawks for the worst record. They're going to want the best pick are, they could are get. Are the Hawks bad? I hadn't even noticed that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But Phoenix is hurting themselves. They've won three straight, which I had to double-check because that didn't seem right. But they have indeed. Um, but anyway, I think they're going to want to lose. And even a minor injury for Aiton could be a pretense to shut them down. So. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you uh, that that's feasible. I will say the argument I can make for him attempting to come close to top 25 value, the first eight games of the year, he was 30th overall in nine category leagues. Lately, he's been closer to top 60, top 80 range, depending on the, the time span you pick. I do think it's in there long term, but I, you know, it could take some time. His last five games, he's at 15.6 points, 10.6 boards, 2.2 assists, 1.4 blocks, and he's number 44 overall in the season. So, yeah, he's going to need a big boost in the second half, but but uh, it's potentially in there. And he's, by the way, got a nice jumper. I, he's not going to hit threes this year, but I think that's potentially in his future as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long term, I'm with you. I think this guy's got all the tools for top 25. Alrighty, prediction number two. Derek Jones Jr., a.k.a. Airplane Mode, will continue to get significant run for the Heat, establish himself as a fourth-quarter closer for the team, and prove to be one of the waiver-wire pickups of the year. Oof. Outlandish, feasible, or downright likely? That was a tricky three-part question almost that you gave me. Uh, if, we, if we have to take it all as one, I'll say outlandish. Um, I, I do think he's going to continue to get significant run. I think he'll be on the court in the fourth quarter more often than not. Um, but I don't see him finishing as a waiver wire pickup of the year. I think that's going to be JaVale McGee. If you, you, would you say he qualifies or or was he? Oh Oh, yeah. JaVale, uh, he qualifies, but yeah, Yeah. Derek Jones, 
one of the waiver wire pickups <laughs> okay. of the year. I'm, I'm going to stick with my take and say outlandish. Um, he's been red hot past five games, uh, almost 10 points, nine boards. And the real crux of his value is 2.2 steals and almost one and a half blocks in under 25 minutes. So that's fantastic. Uh, the bad news is he's shooting 47% from the line in that span. And those defensive stats are not going to be there the rest of the season. Um, the only players actually ever to average at least 2.2 steals and 1.5 blocks per game in Say a season. Ger- Gerald Wallace. Yes. David, there it is. David Robinson. Hakeem. MJ twice and Bobby Jones. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be adding Derek Jones Jr. to that list. All right, that's fair. I do have to say, as much as my my opinions on waiver wire players can change very fast these days, I am starting to get kind of a good feeling about this one, at least in the near future. Steve Alexander and I were talking about this on the waiver wire edition of this podcast the other day. Spolstra clearly likes this guy. He's playing a ton of fourth quarter minutes. I think in the near future, uh, there is a lot of intrigue here. I don't know how long it's going to last, but uh, but I am I am very intrigued. Yeah, I'd, I'll run him out there until he cools off. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Numero three, Chris Paul, currently the number 28 player in nine category leagues as of this taping, will continue to live around the top 25 mark rather than making a leap into the top 10. And if that happens, it'll be the first time he hasn't finished in the top 10 since... 2006, 2007, which is insane. So Chris Paul doesn't make it into the top 10. Is that outlandish, feasible, or downright likely? Uh, At this point, I'm going to have to say likely. Um, Yeah, I don't see top 10 in his future. His minutes are actually way up this year at 34.3, which is surprising. Uh, That's his highest in four seasons. But he's shooting 40, I should say, 0.8% from the field, which is a career low. Points are at a career low, 15.8. I expect the shots to start falling eventually, but he doesn't quite look like himself. Um, he's just like a little bit slower. And asking top 10 value from a 33-year-old not named LeBron is very tall older. I think Steph and Durant, the only guys 30 or older in the top 10 currently. So, you know, I expect Paul to improve. I don't think he's going to shoot around 40% all year, but I'm thinking top 30 probably is ceiling maybe this year. Yeah, you would want to think, like, it's just a shooting slump. This guy's such an established player. But you do start to worry about decline when he's 33 years old. You know, he's not falling off a cliff, per se. The assistant steals are still really good, and he hits a lot of threes, even when he's not shooting that well because he shoots so many. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I will say, though, to run down his nine-category value the last 10 or so years, starting in 2007-08, one, one, three, two, two, three, three, God four, bless. six, eight, nine. So, so wow. good. Yeah. It's an insane run. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that the Hawks didn't draft him. But that's an old wound <laughs> that I don't, don't need to reopen right now and did not intend to. Prediction number four. Speaking of the top 25, a suddenly awakened John Wall last three games heading into Tuesday around 30 points, 13 assists overcomes his high turnovers and bad free throw shooting and finishes out the season in the top 30 after finishing 59th last year. Uh, I'll say feasible on that one. He's shooting pretty well this season. I think he's around 45% from the field. Uh, Assists have spiked during the past three games when he's been tremendous. Granted, he played, I think he went bonkers against the Lakers, of course, and then played the Nets, uh, played a Celtics team that was very shorthanded. So some some cupcake matchups, but that's all right. At least he took advantage of them. 
His free throw percentage is ridiculous. 63% from a starting point guard. You kind of can't do that. Uh, he'll, <laughs> he'll lose turnovers for you any week. But, you know, you kind of live and die with his fantasy contradictions, I'll call them. Um, and I'm not so worried about that. My biggest concern might be his health, because he missed those two games recently. It was pain related to bone spurs in his heel. And that, to me, sounds like something that's not going away. It's just going to be a pain tolerance issue, so that could linger throughout the season. Yes, he's been fantastic since he returned, so everyone's probably feeling confident right now. To me, this seems like a like a sell-high moment, but maybe I'm being too pessimistic. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about the health angle, but I think that's a very good point. I also think another way to look at it is he's been fantastic since he returned, so maybe the light has gone on for the Wizards that they need to give him an occasional game off here and there. So that would support your sell-high yeah. theory. As for his likelihood of hitting the top 25, last year the 59 was 59th uh, nine category leagues, pretty much an outlier. The last four years before that, he was 27th, 27th, 22nd, and 20th for whatever that's worth. So top 25 has really been where he's lived most of the time. All right. We are on to number five here. Larry Markinen, currently the number 60 player in nine category leagues. That's 6-0 after his first eight games back. Hmm. Rediscovers his shooting stroke consistently and finishes as a top 30 value overall. Is that outlandish, feasible, or downright likely? Uh, I want to say downright likely. I think that's too strong. So I'll go feasible. As you said, the his shooting is just off. So if he gets around 42, 43%, he's an easy top 50 guy. What catches my eye most really are his defensive stats. He's at one and a half steals, one block per game this season. The entirety of last year's rookie campaign, he didn't average more than 0.8 blocks or 0.8 steals in a single month. So you know, he's being very much more aggressive defensively. You love to see that. Taking high volume three pointers and making almost two and a half per game, I believe. Uh, rebounds are there at over seven a game. Has the potential to be a 20 point scorer if his percentages come up. So I, I love him. I, I think he's got it in him. So that's why I'll, I'll stick with feasible for top 30 here. I'm in the same territory, and another thing I'll add to the argument, in addition to the defensive stats, which you mentioned, during his best stretch last year as a rookie, uh, from around late December to late January, he had a month-long stretch where he was number 24 overall in nine-category leagues. So mm, it is nice. it is in there somewhere. Uh, just need to start hitting more shots. Are you worried at all about the Bulls? I mean, we mentioned them in the same breath as the Suns and Hawks, so that speak, speaks volumes. <laughs> Are you worried about them uh, you know, tanking him and uh, resting him? I've seen the look in uh, Coach Boylan's eyes. That dude, <laughs> that dude w- yeah, wants to win crazy. at any cost. Fair enough. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I also think it helps that uh, Markinen had missed so much time early in the season. So if we're talking about, you know, they don't right. want to overdo him for the whole season. I mean, he he already has an abbreviated season. Yeah, and, like, and- the dude, the dude is so young. I mean, I don't know. I I think at some point you've just got to believe that these teams are going to let their young guys play for the most part. Yeah, you'd hope so. And last year. Uh, final thought here that they when they were trying to quote unquote limit him they wanted him around 30 minutes a game this season I believe he's averaging 28.4 so he still is a little bit of way to go even if they want to keep him around 30 minutes yeah all right next up a scalding hot Kyle Kuzma who has averaged 20.9 points 6.8 rebounds 3.7 assists and 2.1 trays in his last 12 games also finishes near the top 30 in nine category leagues did you follow that 
Yeah, I'll hit you with an outlandish here. Okay. Um, like I'm, I'm loving what he's done in December, and especially as a guy who owns him in multiple leagues. I, it's fantastic. 23 points, 2.3 triples, 6.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, some defense, and terrific percentages. Uh, he said recently that he's learning how to play along LeBron. He said uh, it's all about trying to feed off LeBron, play off him, whether that's cutting, being ready to shoot, sometimes doing it on your own. And he's doing all those things. He's he's checking the boxes and looked awesome. My problem is you can't avoid the reality that he's done it with Brandon Ingram out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, Rajon Rondo being out doesn't hurt either. He's averaging 3.7 dimes in the Lakers' past dozen games, which is awesome. But you got to think that dips when another you know ball-dominant player, veteran, gets back in the lineup, plus Ingram coming back, who the Lakers have actually used as a point guard at times. So I, I kind of see Kuzma settling around top 60 80 which is perfectly fine but yeah that that elite early round value i don't see it right now yeah he's been at number 35 overall during this stretch however it is a kind of a perfect storm as you said it has also been a perfect storm for a resurgent lonzo ball who is the centerpiece of our next prediction his last seven games 10.6 points 4.7 boards 6.9 assists 2.4 steals 0.7 blocks 1.4 threes awful percentages just classic lonzo ball the prediction is he holds off Rajon Rondo and continues to Lonzo Ball the rest of the way. I think that's downright likely. I, oh, um, nice. Yeah, I, I credit some of Lonzo's early season struggles to factors that didn't really involve Rondo directly. Uh, he was learning to play along such a dominant figure as LeBron, for instance. He was coming off knee surgery. That's probably the biggest one. Cost him all of training camp, all but two preseason games. So a slow start was to be expected. And I think that's Part of the reason the Lakers brought in Rondo to begin with was an insurance policy for Ball's knee. Uh, if he kept having soreness, they could rest him for a while, let Rondo run the show. But I think with Ball playing so well, coming off a triple-double, Lakers are winning games. I wouldn't be surprised if Ball holds him off, averages around 30 minutes a game, and, as you put it, continues to Lonzo Ball <laughs> the rest of the season. You know, well, along those lines, in hearing you say that, it occurs to me, here's another prediction, there could be fantasy fantasy owners out there in your league who are thinking this is a sell-high moment on Lonzo Ball. You may get an offer in your inbox involving Lonzo Ball. So don't, And if you do, don't dismiss it. You, know, you may get good value on him in a trade with someone offering him to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. All righty. One more to go, and then we're going to take a quick break, and then we're back to close this out with some more predictions. Number eight. A resurgent Rudy Gay, there's that word again, resurgent, stays relatively healthy, (laughs) avoids a major shutdown, and finishes inside the top 40. He is currently number 46 overall, and by the way, has been better than that lately. Is this, uh, I don't remember what the three things are. Oh yeah, outlandish, feasible, or downright likely? (laughs) I will, I'll stick with feasible here. Um, Kind of, top 40 is a tall order, but he's on fire lately, which... I love seeing it because this is a, an awesome player, you know, kind of a, one of the a humble superstar type guy who played in a small market for many, many years, coming off Achilles in, uh, injury, slow season last year, but he's back and just looks awesome. He's seventh in the league in three-point percentage at almost 46%, so he's adding little wrinkles to his game, uh, and he's reminding us why he was elite for so many years. He was top 50 for eight straight years, Matt, between 2010 and 2017. Um, it's like the Chris Paul, the Chris Paul of top fifties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, he's playing great. Top forty, I think, is too far, but maybe he hits it. 
Yeah, and you know, speaking of, uh, we mentioned Chris Paul being 33 earlier. Rudy Gay is 32 and thriving. So it's pretty awesome to see. Like you said, Ryan, I agree. I'm a big fan. I also will say, you know, when he's been healthy, he's really been, you know, at least like a top 30, top 40 yeah, type of guy. So it's really maybe does come down to health and the Spurs staying in it. Uh, which they have, they have been winning lately. Yeah, so winning winning some games. I think four of the, or five of the past six, something like that. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, if you could use some more fantasy hoops in your life, take a jaunt over to draft.com. We are talking about daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. Take you just a few minutes to draft a new squad. You can even do auction drafts. Right now, Draft is giving Roto World readers a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Go to draft.com, use the promo code RW again. Draft.com, use the promo code RW. Okay, Ryan, part two of our predictions. This is fill in the blanks, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> All right, number one, DeMarcus Cousins comes back from his Achilles injury and blank. I'll say he comes back from his Achilles injury and frustrates owners. Okay. I think, uh, you know, he's going to play limited minutes. He's going to get periodic rest days. It's not even necessarily just back-to-backs. It could be a busy stretch of their schedule. Maybe he feels even the slightest soreness in his Achilles. Golden State's going to shut him down. They've said all along their whole focus is just having him and their veterans healthy for the playoffs. That hasn't changed. So he's going to be very hard to play in weekly leagues, I think. Uh, When you factor in DMPs and his well-established turnovers and poor free throw percentage, I think he's going to average out to be just a middle-round guy. So it's not exactly what you wanted from someone you stashed half the season. So <laughs> frustrating would, would be my word. But And, and I, I do think it's a, it's a weird thing, but the more people wait, the more um, their hopes can kind of become a runaway train. I feel like people are starting to get wildly optimistic about Cousins, at least in some cases. Sure. That's there, that's just me yeah. that's just me observing people in my leagues and people emailing me, etc. No, you should there's a, a thread on Reddit currently based off some something about cousins practicing recently and people's <laughs> optimism is scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think there there certainly could be games and it sounds like you agree where he goes off, but yeah, it's for sure it's probably yeah. gonna be a real roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Speaking of Roller coasters. After averaging 20.0 points, 5.8 assists, and 1.63s on 47.8% shooting his last nine games, the suddenly reliable and productive Emmanuel Moutier goes on to blank. I'll say he goes on to finish with respectable top 120 value. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think he can approach mid-round, which he's, I don't know, he's probably mid-round in December. He's playing really, really well. Had a couple huge games, including that overtime game versus Charlotte that I watched, which he was fantastic. They really, you know, his physicality, the Hornets had no uh, no answers for it. He was penetrating at will, uh, almost clinched the win with a rainbow three at the buzzer. So very impressive. But I think that with Trey Burke back now, Moutier's minutes dropped down to like 28-32. Another thing is the Knicks have tradable assets we don't know what the roster is going to look like in late February. They could try to showcase uh, Frank Nidalkina. They could even play him heavy minutes if, for development if they try to keep him. There's just so many unknown variables, and I have inherent trust issues with Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get on board there. Well, everyone, we all have we all have developed trust issues as fantasy owners with it's Emmanuel true. Moutier. Yeah. But I do think he's starting to chip away at that, and and I I feel a 
a thaw happening. <laughs> like I think probably if I had asked you this two weeks ago, I talked to to Jared Johnson on the podcast and asked about Moody, and he was like. He said no about ten times. Like yeah, he couldn't emphasize it enough. But you said top, you know, one twenty. I mean, that's that's a guy who's in your lineup more often than not, for sure. So you know, he's he's come a long way. Yeah, I, I would have feel... dismissed him out of hand a month ago today. Right. So right. I feel I feel I almost proud. I really liked Moutier when he first started out. You remember he came into the NBA. He was just ridiculously hot right right out of the gate, yeah. and then it all fell apart. So it's kind of fun to see it being uh, put together, put back together gradually. There you go. All right, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank number three. Once the Nuggets have Will Barton and Gary Harris back, waiver wire—I won't say hero, but waiver wire man of note, Monte Morris. Will hmm. blank. I will say he will unfortunately fade to borderline uh, status in twelve-team leagues. He's been fantastic. I mean, if you don't own Monte Morris and he's on your wire, go get him. But. I think in addition to Will Barton, Gary Harris, you mentioned, we've also got Isaiah Thomas lurking in the background. We've heard virtually nothing about his rehab, but earlier this month, the Denver Post speculated he could return in late December. So even if that doesn't happen, I just don't see Morris's surge really continuing with Barton, Harris, potentially IT coming back. Yeah, it's interesting to bring up Thomas. You wonder if this is going to be one of those cases where just suddenly he starts practicing and then everyone's running to the waiver wire to pick him up. So. I don't. I don't know. Have you have you stashed him where available in in any of your leagues? I have not stashed him. Just I think it's the combination of this completely opaque rehab, whatever's going <laughs> on with him, and how bad he was last year yeah. makes it makes it kind of tough. Yeah, that's fair. All right, number four, Otto Porter currently somewhere between a headache and a stomach ulcer for fantasy owners, but still somehow Ouch. the number forty five player in nine category leagues finished this season having fantasy owners feeling blank that they held on to him or traded for him so between a headache and stomach ulcer so that's like like uh, acid reflux i, I think that's fair yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. okay that um, more, that's a more concise way to put it yeah I'll, I'll say that Otto finishes the season having fantasy owners feeling frustrated that's a simple word um <laughs> yeah he's he's already had a bruised left toe i think that was early november He's had hamstring tightness, lower leg soreness. Now he's got a grade two right quad strain, which is basically, uh, you know, torn tissue. The arrival of Trevor Ariza, that doesn't do him any favors. Very, almost like too similar for comfort skill set. So between the injuries, Ariza coming in, Porter's inconsistency, the fact that he's playing along Wall and Beal, who are high usage guys who will ignore him for 10 minutes at a time offensively. <laughs> uh, I'm usually an advocate for Porter. I think especially in nine cat, he's a guy who's been undervalued year after year, but there's too many red flags here. So I think owners will be frustrated. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think I'm probably more concerned about the series of injuries than I am about Ariza, but I do think you, it, it's a fair point about Ariza. You think, you think Ariza potentially is more of a concern for Porter than Kelly Oubre was. Yeah, I do. Just because they both like to catch and shoot. Yeah, just more of a similar role. Uh, yeah. Better defender. I mean, Kelly Oubre wasn't being put on the court for defense. Ariza can be. Yeah, both just kind of corner three-point shooters. Yeah. I'm Just picturing them both running to the same corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a great gif, I hope, when they collide. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... With that said, I mean, now is still a bad time to trade Otto Porter away, in my opinion. So I probably am hanging on to him. I, I still, I, I think I'm a little more optimistic than you are, Ryan. I think he can 
I mean, again, things have gone really poorly, and he's number 45 on a per-game basis. So if that's the floor, that ain't, that ain't that bad. Yeah, fair enough. All right, our last fill-in-the-blank of the day. I have a hunch I know where you're going to go with this one, but I'm curious. Hmm. Kevin Love returns from injury and blank. I'll say he returns from injury, is great for a month, and then Cleveland shuts him down. Oh, all right. Yeah. What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> I, I just I I thought maybe you were going to say you know is greatly disappointing. I personally don't put too much stock in his rotten shooting at the beginning of the year. I'm yeah, not too worried about that. I actually yeah I think he's potentially got some hopefully a, a beastly run in him. If if I get a month, uh, I guess I can live with that. Maybe it, it, it gives you a chance yeah. to trade him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it helps me that the Cavs are so terrible that even if Love is just going off with twenty and fifteen averages and so forth. The Cavs still aren't going to win games, so they might not have quite as much incentive to shut him down and tank. Um, right. Well, but, and it, yeah. it gets back to, I mean, again, he's much older than Markinen, but it gets back to that mileage thing. Like, Love has had his time off already, so there's right. a chance that he comes back pretty fresh and plays most of the rest of the way. So it, Yeah, Andy has a deal that's very tough to move. I mean, he's getting paid max money for, I think, three more seasons after this one so maybe the Cavs realize hey we're committed to this guy let's see what he can do with our young guys let's see how he plays off uh, Colin Sexton let's see how he plays with Clarkson let's see what we can do in the front court with him and Larry Nance so that's plenty of reason right that maybe they they'll be a little more uh, willing to play him and again I mean before Tristan Thompson's injury he was playing a ton he's he's not as old as love either but another veteran veteran player who was was playing a ton for this team so all right, Ryan, what have you uh, coming our way in terms of things you are writing? Uh, I have the numbers game column coming out Wednesday. Every Monday I do a DFS column in our daily section, so you can check for that. As to what I'll be writing on Wednesday. Yes, yes that's what I want to know. That's we'll all find out together because I do oh. not know. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, big excitement there. I will, of course, be writing Round Ball Stew on Friday. I also don't know what I'm writing, so <laughs> a lot of suspense this week. Uh, everyone... Be sure to be tuned to the Road World Player News page, as always, for the latest injury news and updates. I think that's about it for us. Ryan, thanks for taking the time to join. That was fun, and we shall talk to you soon. See you, Matt. All right, man. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.